Hey, Miles. Hey, Lise. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's an amazing Tuesday, so I can't complain. Hey, me either. The rain, we need it. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'm used to not seeing the sun at this point, but we have some amazing topics today to talk about that may cheer you up and give you that sunshine that you need, although there's no sun outside. Or it may make you feel sad, I'm not sure, because we are going to be talking about how the hood actually could have lied to you. So I'm going to let you take this and run with it, because you kind of have a unique perspective on it. So I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on this. So the topic, the hood lied to you. So growing up, when you're from... um, Let's just keep it simple. When you're when you're from the hood, there are a set of mindset and ideals and things that we gravitate to, like little colloquialisms that we internalize. And then later it comes out in our adulthood and we realize that's not how society actually works. And, <laughs> you know, one of the things I feel like the hood told us was that if you look good that's all that really matters fake it till you make it type of thing and when you get into the real world you kind of realize that they really lied to you a little bit with that one Um, because the truth of the matter is there has to be some type of substance behind anything you do if you plan on doing it to the ability that will pay you money or somebody will offer you a product or service. Like you can't just say, Oh, well the product look good. And then it don't do anything, but Hey, it looks good. And then expect to have uh, a great product that sells well. And you can build um, a foundation and a family structure off of it. Like, I just feel like in the hood, it's like, Hey, go get the, Go get the Benz. Go get the the Bentley. Go get the big house. Go get the biggest mortgage you can possibly get. And you can kind of see that you overcame your circumstances. But when you get out into the real world, you realize that the person that normally has all of that stuff is floating and swimming in debt. Because the hood doesn't really understand money so the hood's idea of money the hood's view of money is flashiness what looks good for the moment not putting your money into things that will be devalued in a year in years to come so in today's kind of podcast what i want to ask you least is what's one of the things that you believe that the hood lied to you about So I I think what you mentioned is, as far as the appearance means more, is something that I can can also agree with and relate to. Because with me, growing up in a very poor community, you know, mostly African-American, that really was it. As long as you look the part, you were the part. And in some ways, I'm not going to lie to you. In, in some ways, it's still true. So it becomes true as this. So if you look at even like 
in employment, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to be the best. You just have to be perceived as the best. And so that those are the people that get the jobs, those are the people that get hired. So in some ways, it's kind of true. Right. It becomes problematic when you start to base your whole livelihood trying to live up to that lie. Yeah. So when you're talking about things that are like the clothing aspect of it and the materialistic things, yeah, I grew up, like I said, with just a lot of poor people. You know you're really poor. You, this is how you know you're real poor. When you don't know you're poor, that's how you know you're really <laughs> poor because everybody else around you is just as poor as you are, so you don't even know that you're poor. That's how you know you're really poor. So as I was growing up, you know, I thought people who now that I know didn't have money had money because when you see certain things, like you said, so the car, you see the car and they got a, a really nice car and they have these really amazing clothes on and these really, they got the Jordans on. I Like I said, I've never owned a pair of Jordans in my life. And it's not necessarily because I don't like Jordans. When I was younger, I couldn't afford them. And now that I'm an adult, I like, I got better things I can spend my money on. So right. I've, I've never owned a pair of Jordans in my life. But what I'm saying is, is that you don't see, like you said, the debt. You don't see that the person doesn't have gas in their car. Because I know somebody like that. He had an amazing car. It was a big car. Everybody was really impressed by this truck. At the time, it was an expedition when that was a thing. He would drive around. Everybody would love it. And he never had gas in it. Mm. Mm. And you see that the bank account, like, they didn't have any money. Mm. Ever. They always were asking other people, like, oh, you know, can, can I borrow a couple dollars from you? But on the outside, this person appeared. They had all the amazing things that everybody else would perceive in the hood as being money. As I grew up, I realized that people who actually had money, two things. They didn't want you to see it. (laughs) Yeah. So they don't want you to know that they have money because they're smart enough to know if you know I have money, you're going to try to take it. I don't want (laughs) to be target. So you're not going to know that I got money. You're not going to see my wealth on me. It's in a bank. It's in my house. But you're not going to see it on me. And, and then, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I guess I'm I'm with you. Like, it's just like, I guess the, the what the hood meant was like, you know, fake it until you get there and then hope that you got something behind it. But it's like, feeding somebody candy when you when you bite into that first bite it's so good you like oh i get everything people think i'm you know i'm i'm balling i got people looking up to me all of these things you get by just buying the new jordan like you said or having a nice car or having a nice house you get all of the accolades but then when the bills come in from the debt and you swimming in debt that nutrition from the candy, you actually realize you're missing it. You're like, wow, like I need something with some substance. I need some vegetables. Like if I'm going to get healthy again, I need to start spending my money on things that aren't going to like create financial diabetes, if that makes any sense, you know? It makes perfect sense. And another thing that growing up in, in 
it's okay to be dysfunctional. Somehow dysfunctional and anger makes you tough. Not true. It's actually the opposite. People who show restraint are actually the toughest people I know. Because it's a lot harder to not say something back to something that means things to you or something you don't necessarily like. And in the hood, it's not that way. You're not taught that. It, when I grew up, you're taught that if somebody, somebody say something to you, you're supposed to say something back. And in some cases, you should. But in all cases, you don't have to. Especially now, when you look at the way that the world is set up, mm-hmm. especially when you talk about social media, one of the hardest things for young people to do is to ignore something. Just look at, just get on Instagram and you'll see that people, they post the most mundane things. Yeah. But say something you, that someone doesn't like and then there's a million people who comment on it and they hate this one and they hate that one. Do you know that if you wouldn't have responded to it at all, it would have went away? <laughs> the biggest thing you can do is show restraint. You see it in Baltimore City all the time that a lot of the times the biggest issues that we see, especially with a lot of the crime that happens, it's because people couldn't ignore something. Yeah. You don't have to fight all the time. And that's something that as African-Americans, I think we do way too often. Like some things, yes, we need to be fighting for our rights. We need to be fighting to make sure that we are treated equally and that we have opportunities and that our kids have opportunities. Those are the things that we need to fight for. But see, the problem is the hood, the hood always loves to pump up this one and that one that's ready to to pop off and you know the cute girl always going off or the hood dude always throwing you know his hat in the ring and talking saying this and saying that until somebody ends up dead and then it's like oh my god I can't believe that happened to so and so but we all know that if it was going to happen to somebody it probably was going to happen to them because they always got their nose in something because the hood taught them that that's what being real is all about, you know? But like Dave Chappelle said, which is one of my favorite comedians, when keeping it real goes wrong, like mm. <laughs> nobody <laughs> wanna, nobody wants to think about their life until, you know, it's gone, so. That's true. And I think also one of the things that's not necessarily I'm not going to say it's taught, but it's just something that I've observed now that I'm an adult is that someone else is going to come in and fix it. So I've seen this in, like I said, I work in the nonprofit industry. So I work directly in some of the most low income neighborhoods that you've ever seen. I grew up like when I tell you, I moved every six months for 10 years as a child. And it wasn't because I was traveling. We was getting evicted. So, you know, I I understand what it's like to not have any money. But at the time, growing up in that environment, it was always this theory that somebody else is supposed to help us. Somebody else is supposed to save us. Mm. And that's not what happened. And so as an adult, I feel like 
in some ways I got lied to. I don't know, maybe this is just the situation that I was in, not necessarily the hood, but that there was this perception that we're not supposed to fix it. Someone else is supposed to come and fix it. But what I noticed is that it never happened. No one ever came in. Like we, we still moved. We still went nights without food. We still had to sleep on floor. Like I've been through it. But what I'm saying is, is that no one ever came in to fix it. You cannot depend on somebody else. You have to be your own superhero because ain't nobody else coming to get you. Right. So I would love to see more of that mentality. I think that would fix a lot of the problems that we do see in the inner cities because we, as the community, as African-Americans, have to come in and do it ourselves. Like, it's, they're not, there is no outside help. You know what's funny that that you know what that topic brings up because I I do feel like that's still something that the hood lied to us about because the hood is like oh go get your section eight you know uh, live off of demand live off of the government you know what I'm saying and and at the end of the day if you're waiting for the government to subsidize you into like a mansion or to live your best life. That's not what's going to happen. You're going to always get what's left over. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're never you're never going to be able to pick and choose what your life looks like if you're waiting for somebody to come save you. And the hood does give you that I need a savior mentality. You know, it never empowers the person to say, "Hey, you want a better park? Go out there, raise some money and go and and, and get a better park." You know, like you want better schools in your system? Uh, you know, do something that is going to be beneficial to the schools that are already in your neighborhood. You know, like they, they don't they don't start at home. It starts down at the at the government office where they looking for their for their food stamps. And at the end of the day. It's easier to get a job and maintain and create side hustles than it is for year after year for you not to develop any skills and be just as worthless as you are. Hey, Lisa. So we left off um, and I was talking about how I just feel like, you know, my point I was trying to make was you don't want to be or feel worthless every year. Like, and I think a lot of times by adopting the Section 8 welfare mentality, you're always saying, oh, the government owes me more money. The government this, the government that, these people, it's always an outside person that's responsible for why you aren't moving up in life. And I just feel like instead of every year, you know, feeling worthless and not adding to your value, you could take a class, you could create a little side hustle, you could do something to educate yourself, um, even if it's just self-taught, if if you just practice something every single day until it becomes a craft. And mm-hmm. you can sell it like but worrying every single year about what the government ain't giving you this year and what they gave you last year was more. How about get off of that train that the hood lied to us about and say, you know what? It's about what did I give myself this year? You know, right. No, and I, I agree with that. And I will also say this. So we've been taught now. I don't even know if it's just as 
African-Americans, but for me as a poor or growing up a poor African-American, like this crab in a barrel mentality where we don't really support each other. We, we more so try to pull you down. So if we think that you're doing well, we, we try to pull you down as opposed to uplifting you so that we can also be uplifted. I think what we need to do and just kind of change the narrative and the mentality is to be more supportive to one another. And that's one of the things that's missing in the hood is that support. And I've talked about this before to someone else. And I said it more so than, you know, the lack of jobs, more so than education or knowledge. It's the lack of support. So we don't give each other enough support, whether that be emotional support, whether that be the that encouragement, because there's a lot of kids out there, especially in the inner cities, that believe that they're not smart because it's what they were told. It's what they were taught. So I, I want to be clear about where I was, where my mindset is when I say the savior mentality. Right. So there are some people that are out there that are trying to do better. And it's hard to pull yourself up when you don't have anything. Like, you know, when, when you, you don't, you can't put the bootstraps on when you don't have no boots. I get that. So I'm not saying that, you know, everyone is going to start at the same spot. But what I am saying is that you cannot expect someone else to come in and fix it for you. But we do need to support each other so that if they don't, someone don't have those boots, put those bootstraps on, we at least set it off in a way that we can help them get those boots. Right. But not looking for outside help, like you said, from either it be welfare or some magical lottery ticket doesn't gonna fall out the sky. I ain't seen it yet. But you know, you maybe, maybe you could be that one in a billion or one in <laughs> seven billion chance and hit the lottery. Maybe so. But we gotta stop thinking in that mentality. It's not gonna just change overnight where you and your family are just gonna you know, be throwing this, somebody's gonna throw money at you and then your life is gonna change because what's gonna happen is that you're not gonna understand how to spend that money and you're gonna end up right back in the hood. Exactly. So we need to learn how to not be a victim in that savior mentality because that's why I, I get really particular about the way that we support people and making sure that we are advocates for people. Because when you do have that savior mentality, what happens is, is that we save a person and then they go right back in because we never taught them how to do it. And so you need people to be self-sufficient and to understand that it's, you got to put some work in too. You got to learn the methods. If somebody's going to be willing to give you that support to teach you, you got to be willing to receive it so you can actually learn it to improve your family's outcome. Right. That's all I'm saying. Right. I, I think that's a, a great little bow to tie on the end of this. Um, leave people with some encouragement. Leave them, you know, hopefully understanding that the ball is in their court. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if your living room is dirty and you want it clean, it start by picking up one item at a time, you know, and that's the same mentality we got to have with our lives. But that if something's dysfunctional, if something's broken, just start with what you know is broken and start fixing one piece at a time until you put your life together and you can become a functional adult that isn't looking for a handout, you know, because you got yourself together. 
So thank Absolutely. you guys for tuning in to, to Business Casual. We can't wait to, to talk to you again next week. Uh, this has been Miles Brown. And, Lee, and, Lee. and uh, we just want to say thank you. Continue to share and uh, see you on the next one. All right. Enjoy. Yo, turn up. Yo, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So we're, we're live back on Business Casual. Today's guest is Dana Turner. He is a IT professional. I'm not even going to try to get into what the title of his job is. <laughs> I, I don't have time. Um, I just wanted to ask him because I wish he was on with Lisa earlier, but it's the same situation. But mm-hmm. I want to pose a question to you. How okay. has the hood lied to you? I think the hood is full of lies, number one. I've stopped by saying that. The hood is like a big a big area full of its own beliefs. So it's easy to make you think things. But I say I say for sure that the hood lied to me by telling me that hanging out with the the quote the quote unquote cool kids of the hood was the cool thing to do. You know what I mean? Like it's just it, that goes all the way because that that mindset follows you from school all the way through life if you allow it to. You know what I mean? Those yeah. those kids in my neighborhood, like I was smack in the middle of Baltimore City. And I mean not to say that there weren't weren't people out there trying to do the right thing, but the majority of the kids in my neighborhood was on the corner. They was out all night. I remember like just being with my parents and like driving past certain places and seeing kids just out. And I would be like, dang, why why does why do why don't my parents let me do that? But they were all up to no good. But I see like that's one of the biggest lies of the hood is being cool. Is the cool thing to do because now you look back on so many people, so many people that I came up with that are dead, still in the same place, like doing nothing. Like I see them on like uh, Instagram or Facebook, like no growth. But if I would have believed that lie, stuck in a lot of the hood, told me like I would be the same guy that that I'm looking at, like dang, like what happened to you? Why didn't you? Why didn't you change the growth? So I, I think the hood definitely lies about lies to you about that. Yo, you bring up such a great topic because the crazy thing that the cool kids try to put into your mind is that what they're doing is cool. And it leave you it leaves you stuck in a state and time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what happens when that happens is you start to think it's cool to stay the same. Like, oh, I'm keeping right. it real. I'm, right. I'm doing everything like how I'm supposed to be doing. But if you've been doing that for 5, 10, 15, 20 years and it ain't got you nowhere, the hood is like, no, nah, just keep at it. And it's like, no, sometimes you got to change your environment, change who you're around, change what you've been doing to see a different result. Yeah, and it's just so complacent. Like the hood just wants you around to party and to be around and to be out. It's like, yeah, but what's that getting any of us? All right. Um, well, I and so when we speak about hood, I wanted to be made clear that 
you know, you're not talking about everybody in the hood because they're all people no, in the hood no. trying to do. It's but the, the, hood, the is, hood mentality. Right, the, the hood mentality. mentality. Right, right, right. And, um, yeah, I totally agree with that 100%. Like, you you can just see, you can just see, like, how those, those how people can take that energy from one environment and go to the next and really filter the environment with that. Like, you know, like, you have kids, like, I remember going to, going to school, I mean, going away to, to college, and, you know, getting there, like, in your mind, you think, I'm in college, it's just going to be a whole different experience. But those same people, a lot of those same people, you somehow <laughs> made it to college. <laughs> so it's like, they still have the hood mentality. And to me, I'm going to be very honest with you, it looked very glamorous to me. Like, uh, it, it, it really did. You know, they just, they always had everything for, you know, whatever you believe everything to be at that time. But at least also, <laughs> right. also remember my mom was at the, the mind of a 17, 18-year-old, but they just had stuff. They, the things that I was so stressed about, I would be stressed about getting up for my 8 o'clock class or stressed about failing a test. They would just be chilling outside, <laughs> like, <laughs> like fresh as fresh, like super fresh. I don't know, but to me, that was cool. That was cool, but because I had a different mindset back then, like what cool was. Like, I didn't know that. Oh, it's going to come a time where these same people that are sitting around here doing absolutely nothing are going to be on the opposite end, you know, because we're going to grow again, get older. Your parents not throwing you money like they were when you were in school. Like, all of that's going to change. Like, it's just role reversal. And you become you become the guy who once was the coolest, now you're not cool. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's just like how they say about how, you know, women like women like the thug. Women like like they like that's of course they're not all women, but that's that's something that's constantly said. Women want a, a bad boy. Yeah, they want, I, I've they want, heard this. I've heard this. This is not right. a theory. Yeah. Right, exactly. So they say women want the bad boy, you know, and then as they get older they get the bad boy and they see like, dang, this isn't like all this cracked up, cracked up to be. And that one guy that you slept on, the guy you slept on who was just too involved in his studies, too involved in school, like striving to be whatever that he wanted to be. Now he's looking down at you like, you're not on my level. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what have you done to grow? What have you done to become more? Like, it's a crabs in the barrel mentality. You know what I mean? Like everybody in the hood it's trying to pull everybody down. Like everybody wants everybody to stay stay the same. I don't want you to grow because you growing just makes me feel like, oh, I ain't doing anything. And then the hood, this was the hood that you need. This might be a personal thing, I don't know. But the hood made me feel guilty for bettering myself. And when I say hood there, I mean the hood is in my friends at the time, like the people I surrounded myself with. They would tell me like, oh, you think you better than us? I didn't think that at all. I don't even know how they developed that concept that I think I'm better. But that's the hood mentality. Like because somebody they, coming they up. They thought you were better. That's what right. I mean. Exactly. Exactly. So um, that's just one of the many lessons I learned from the hood, man. I got I got tons of those. Well, this is going to be a series that I'm going to continue asking people that's close to me just because I want to debunk some of what the hood has like 
twisted our youth and us and the generation before us into thinking and being guilted into feeling all of these emotions about people and things that don't want our best for who we really are. You know what I'm saying? Like, and to be honest with you, I'm willing to not be cool. I'm willing to be the the business owner who gave up his twenties and really didn't go party. You know what I'm saying? Because I know what it's going to happen, what it's going to get me later on. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not fooled by what the hood is trying to like lure me into. And I'm, I'm like, yo, it's my, it's my duty as, as the older head to get this information to the kids that's still in school and be like, look, these are, this is how we thinking now. Like we used to be your age, but this how we thinking now. Like, so don't be a fool. Learn from us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's certain things in life, you know, just remembering where where your mom was at when you were that that young and you, you just think that you way. know everything. Like something sometimes the only way you're gonna ever really get like really get what's being said is for it to happen. Like you and that sucks for some some people gotta learn like that. You know what I mean? Like But look, I look at it for even for folks our age. If we can start waking up age like, hey, look, cut that cool stuff out. Get on your grind. You know what I'm saying? Put Mm -hmm. some, you know, like, be a quality individual. I don't need to see you live on the gram every other day. Right. (laughs) I don't need to. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you really that live, your life is going to speak for that. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be out here. You know what I'm saying? People be so out here and then they get caught, and then it's too late. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's like we can't keep letting the letting our own people perish because enough young voices and people that's trying to do right ain't speaking up. Because the because the dumb ones they speak up every day. They got networks blasting the dumb crap down our throats. Yeah. But it's like how many good folks take it out of their time to put out. About things they had, we need more good people standing up and just trying to help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. Give us your story. Give us your story. We don't need nothing else. That's it. If you can't learn from somebody's story, then you don't. You know? Yeah. Some people, some people gonna have to be left behind. But I'm I trying agree. to grab the majority, the, the majority of people out here that I see. Grab them. And wake them up. Like, look, come on, man. I agree with everything that you just said. Like, I agree 100%, you know. But it's just, I think it's just going to take a lot of time. You know what I mean? And it's it's something where, like, even with social media, at one point, you know, social media was didn't have the influence on, on culture and life like it does now. You know what I mean? Like, you just go on Instagram. I, I know that you don't really, you don't do that. But if you on Instagram... And you following like uh, places like the shade room, and this, and you just seeing how people are living. It's disgusting. I'm it, sure it, it is. It is, but that's from the mindset of a thirty year old man. You know, when you put yourself yeah. in the mind of a, a 16, 15, 16 year old who only only real only real gripe you have in life is getting the things that you want. For most, I mean, it's definitely kids who struggled way more than that. But, you know, like, your biggest gripe is, you know, 
I'm trying to get these new shoes. I'm trying to get this new this, this new that. And you just seeing people out here flourishing, so to speak, you know, flourishing. You know what I mean? So you taking that in and you internalizing it. But the what you should be thinking is, oh, how do I get to that level of success where I'm able to get this and get that and have this? Not, I just want this. I got to have that because he got that. You know, it's really easy to go rack up some debt. You know, that's one of the things that, that's one thing the hood don't teach you nothing about. They go, the hood's going, they go, let you get every pair of kicks you want. You can be the flyest nigga on the, well, I don't know if I can say that. You can be the flyest guy on the block. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> but they'll talk to you about all the people out there who done maxed out credit cards to get this and got that guy. iPhone uh, XS's, $1,500, $1,600 phones and uh, can't even get a bill put in your name because your credit like messed up. Like the hood don't tell you that. The hood don't tell you. Yeah. Like I, I had plenty of times walking into my friends' uh, houses and they would be they were quote unquote the cool kids. They have everything fresh as fresh every day. Like cars. Well, they was drug dealers too. Cars and all this, and you go in their house and the uh, the lights out because that's not a priority. Like. <laughs> It's like it's, it's it gets crazy out here, man. It definitely yeah. gets crazy. So, I just want to leave the people with that. You know what I'm saying? Like, just let's let's stop believing these lies. Yeah. One hundred percent. So, we'll see y'all on business casual. Um, Dana, you got anything to tell them? Um, nah, man. Nah, I don't have anything to tell him. I just I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and hopefully, you know, I get another one. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Shoot. All right, y'all. Appreciate it. All right. Peace. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Business Casual. The link in the description will lead you to Robinhood, which is an app for stocks. Capital, which is an online banking company, and Acorn, which is an investment portfolio that invests your money, your change, your transfers um, in accounts. If you want links to those, they will be in the description, and I hope it finds you well, and thank you so much for listening. Bye.